1: Has your dog, Indy, eaten anything as of recent?
2: He'll scavenge anything he <sighs> can, really. So this is my garbage rescue dog, who I, I think lived on the streets and had to scavenge and is has had much more possession of Gresh not so much anymore but he's a better. scavenger
1: for listeners um, can we do a list of his greatest hits of what he's eaten in your home eye glass wipes eyeglass cleaning clothes. oh the oil cloth oh yeah an oil cloth he's
2: gotten a few of those
1: and you had um, to wait with bated breath to see was if the that there was the first
2: time he did it and we were like oh my god i wouldn't know he's gonna die what have we done we waited for it to like come out, and it did. And then Brian <laughs> and, and then like the same week, Brian's like, I found two more turds that had him in there too. <laughs> He's known for um, picking up full cans of beer at pool parties, um, tipping them over and drinking them. He likes to eat um, hot charcoal; is a, is a fan favorite. But he eats one grape, and mommy and daddy freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Took him to get, you know, here's eight hundred dollars to your dog and barf. Right.
0: So. He also eats whole bees.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the taste of those bees. That's the reason they're going extinct.
1: Indie. <laughs> hey guys welcome to side work podcast i'm your host brooke van poplin
0: i'm your host jocelyn Hughes. welcome i'm your host kyle june williams au revoir
2: I'm your host and waver and bartender Andrea Wallace. I do all the jobs here.
1: She does all the jobs. She's just we give her a we give her a dish rag or like a counter rag while we record, so she can just kind of keep serving us. They
2: keep telling me I'm doing a great job here, right, guys?
1: <laughs> Everyone, uh, how are we doing with our colds? Everyone over there? We were playing. Am I sick? Now it's like, are you done being sick? I mean, my cold's going away. Yesterday was a day where I had to work, um, and
2: I had to eat lots of throat lozenges yesterday. And little did I know, sugar-free Ricola cough drops um, can give you the worst gas you've ever
3: what? had. What? So, How?
2: I think it has something to do with, like, whatever bullshit fake sugar chemicals are mm. in there. I had also had, like, a green juice, right? Oh. Then, like, <laughs> <laughs> so... And then I was I was trying not like not to cough and then I was building up with gas and I was like if I even let out a little cough I'm definitely going to let out a fart at the same time Oh, god so I had like I'd be like oh, I'm just going to grab like one thing um step out of the room and I'd like go in the bathroom fart out the cough drop
0: <laughs> You know what This I- happened at work yesterday. Hash, hashtag self care. The rain has made me soft. It attacked my insides, and I was working an event at a house, just another event, and uh, all of a sudden my fingertips went numb, and I got so cold, and I kept being like, "Is it? Is 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 the uh, is the air on? I, I'm I'm confused." And apparently, the guy I was working with, Ross, told me I went gray. Um, And I was shivering, and I caught a chill. Yeah. Like a legit 90-year-old woman. Or like a legit Victorian era. I'll chill. chill. I'll be stoned in a moment. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, hello, Beth from Little Women. Like, here I am. That bitch caught a chill. (laughs) It's weird. I got
3: the scarlet fever. Well, there there was a
2: sick family. I got
3: really sick. There's something romantic about, like, (laughs) the olden days where, like, you could just die if a, <laughs> a draft from a draft from a window like there's something like there's like the stakes are way higher in life
2: i like know <laughs> a shell from a drafty window 10 minutes later you're coughing blood into a kerchief.
3: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm
0: saying. I thought they were going to find me. It was a brand, brand new house and I thought they were just going to find me like dead in the guest house because I kept having to go back to the guest house to run my hands under the hot water. I kind of swear. (laughs) Like,
2: not that obviously I want you around and I don't want you to die, but I love that it was a brand new house and they instantly have a ghost haunting it (laughs) because...
1: Because Kyle died in the spare bedroom. (laughs) Well, wait, real quick, too. So you have some new stories working at Brentwood and some customers you've met as of recent.
0: Yeah, Brentwood is, uh, it's like a glitch in the the system. It's just this weird, extremely white neighborhood with limited resources. um, And people are flocking you know, to go out to eat because they want to avoid their families and children. Um, Lots of white moms. Lots of white moms in Brentwood um, love a good lunch together. And um, I had a lady recently come in and complain to me how her therapist was charging her $500 a session three times a week. And then I felt bad and tried to give her cookies and she told me no more carbs.
1: This headline came out this past week, which I thought was so, oh God, well, A, first of all, it made me feel old, but it asks the question, are restaurants getting too loud or are the customers <laughs> getting too old?
3: Oh, mm. I have a
0: couple feelings
1: about okay. that. Yeah.
3: Is
0: the place you work like rock and roll, baby? Oh, you wish it was rock and roll. It's gangster rap.
4: God, what?
0: Oh, Yeah. It's, we've had a lot of people complain about like, my kid was in here and they're dropping the N-bomb left and right. And it's like our brand. And I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's like fun and upbeat sometimes like, well upbeat, but it's like, it's a good, I, I like, I love actually the music at a restaurant, but after like the eighth day that week yeah man and but and yes there are eight days in a server's week
1: in a server's (laughs) week right i i personally because now you feel like everything is like this sparse decor so it's like vaulted ceilings with the exposed ducts you've got no carpeting nary a piece of cloth so you walk into a Fucking echo chamber anymore. Mm. And it's not even that I feel like I'm getting too old. I'm like, my brain is rattling in my head, and I'm here to have either a date or catch up with friends. And you have to scream over the other people (laughs) screaming to hear their friends or their date, man. Do you guys feel any which way about that? I think it depends on where I'm at, what mood I'm in, mm -hmm. like
2: what I'm there to do. I've been to restaurants where I'm like, this song's fucking awesome. Every song they're playing is great. I love that it's a little louder. I love that it relates to me. This place is fucking hopping. And then there's times I go and I'm like, this place is fucking obnoxious. That person sucks. I'm not <laughs> having a good time. I can't hear anything. So
3: I want to go home. I'm very
2: selective. I'm selective about it. Yeah,
3: night market song. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's loud I go there at there. least once a month, mm-hmm. if not twice or three times a month. <laughs> you love it. It's, it's so, so good. good. Fried chicken sandwich. But it is bright. It is loud. It is and that's the the tone the chef wants to set. Yeah. Um I get it. I think it's it's a great place. It's a place to go with someone you know well. Yeah. You I know, think so. You can't really hear somebody if you don't know them. It's not necessarily a great place for like a first date, but it's good for everything else. But any
1: restaurant that is like silent and stuffy also makes me like it gives me the creeps. I can't I take that. it.
2: Like if I'm at a bar or a restaurant or More like specifically at a bar where they're like the jukebox stops playing, and if like I'm trying to have a normal conversation (laughs) with you, like I'll stop and I won't be able to function because there's no music on.
1: Like it's yeah, you need to be underscored. Yes, thank you,
2: thank you for saying that out loud.
0: I'm here and I'm listening.
1: Oh my god, I was at a place one time. This was in upstate New York, uh, going for like a late lunch, and it's that part of the day where the the servers have just they've just checked out. You know, they're like there's one table in the restaurant they're not paying attention to you i get that i i know what it's like to be in that spot nobody realized that song that song season of the witch by donovan was on loop (laughs) and i was right under the speaker and none of them were paying attention and so like for a one-hour meal it kept playing and you'd be like, what is this? It, every, you'd be like, maybe it's over. And then be like, boom, 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 boom. I got stuck in a Donovan loop and I was like, there's no one
3: hearing this. Like. I think you have to be on top of your sound. In Chicago, they have a House of Blues, you know, they have like a blues soundtrack. It's like Blues mm, Brothers, mm. and that would loop and it would start to slowly drive you insane because it was corporate <laughs> and they had this like video that played along with it. Oh god. That would like show the dishes of the restaurant suppose, <laughs> <as> <laughs> with the Blues Brothers music and you a, hit a soul breaking man. point where like the
2: dishes were going in time like like Beauty and the Beast and doing a dance like No, no,
3: no, no. But on the bright side of that, we did have live blues pretty much every night. So like you got to see real musicians play and that was really, that was nice. But when it was on the loop during the day, it could be maddening. Do we have a server submitted story today? We do. Yes. We
0: do.
1: Thank you, by the way, listeners. Please send them our way.
3: Oh yeah. We want to hear from you. This is from at Boston Server Problems.
1: We like that guy. He's been nice. He's, he's been like chatting us up and enjoying the podcast. So kudos to you, sir.
3: Basically, he told us that he worked at this Tex-Mex restaurant when he was younger where the fajitas did not sizzle. Now, if you've ever worked, I've worked in a Mexican place. The sizzle is essential. If you don't have the sizzle, people feel like they're not getting their money's worth. They get angry. They've paid 14.95 for the steak fajitas. Fajitas <sighs> are always so expensive. And if that is not a hot sizzling hot plate, it doesn't matter how hot the actual meat is. The fucking platter it's served on. Smoking and sizzling. Big deal. So he works at this Tex-Mex restaurant, and it was kind of a joke. He said, Uh, you know, did they sizzle? You know, never did. So he had a couple come in before a Celtics game, Boston, um, and they asked, do your fajitas sizzle? Immediately half-joked that they don't, but a lot of people ask that question and usually compare our fajitas to other restaurants more notable, like Chili's. So I don't know if you've got... Eaten at Chili's or gotten a fajita platter at Chili's, but that's the kind of corporate place that, like, probably puts on actual oil from a car to make their fajitas <laughs> sizzle because that's more important than the f- taste of the food itself. So he was like joking that the sizzle, they, you know, they don't sizzle, yada, yada, yada. They kind of just stare at him blankly and he leaves. They eat, okay, and he walks over to check on them with their non-sizzling fajitas, and the wife is livid, the husband's livid. Who did he think he was that they would possibly go to fucking Chili's <laughs> or know what it's like there? How dare how dare him? They're seasoned ticket holders of the Celtics. <laughs> and when they pay, they paid at the bar because they oh, were so furious, God. and then they left. Um, and he said, unfortunately, they left their pretentious white privilege in booth 15. Um, this has happened to me. I... I didn't I, know, like, that. Th- like there were, like, sizzle heads, you know? <laughs> there were sizzle heads, but they were more offended of the Chili's reference he made. Oh, sure. Yeah. But right. I've had it's people doing on it the entire meal. A, yeah, get a problem. Um, and they found one. <laughs> I have waited on people where, you know, your kind of standard server fare is like, take a look at the menu. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, that was really prevalent in the natural food restaurant Mm -hmm. I worked in because there's a lot of, like we talked about this before, a lot of modifications, a lot of vegetarians. So people would say, hey, do you have gluten in this? Do you have this? Do you have this? So you would naturally throw it out there. If you have any questions, let me know. The guy grabs my hand and he's like, you think I'm fucking stupid?
0: What? I hate people.
3: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, nobody said you were stupid. He's like, like, I can't read a menu. Somebody said he was stupid
2: at some point.
3: Yes, his mother... (laughs) And clearly he hates her too and all women, but no, it yeah. was super violent. It was like really jarring. It totally rattled me. It was like I had to walk to the back and like just take a minute and get some air. But yeah, people that are mad about things like that, I'm, I'm sad for you because obviously right. you're lucky enough to be a season ticket holder. You're lucky enough to afford those sizzling fajitas. But when you take it out on a server who clearly isn't wealthy and who clearly is, like, doing (laughs) physical labor for your benefit and you act like they're an asshole for questioning your status, it's like, get a fucking problem, dude. Right. Get, again. I'm sorry you're so unhappy, but... It's so shitty to do. I'm sorry, Boston server problems. Right? Right? You know, and I, d- I do think restaurants are 100% like a
1: dumping ground half the time for people because you're like, oh, I've, I've definitely got the power in this situation. Maybe I'm coming from my job where I'm a lackey on the corporate chain or something like that, so let's go have a power trip at a restaurant and punch down on people who bring you plates of food.
2: food. How dare you insinuate I would go to Chili's? <laughs> I'm such- an Applebee's sizzle head. <laughs> (laughs) Eat a dick.
0: I kind of I sat back with that um, and just let the three of you rage for a little bit. Yeah, and I didn't. For once, I think I I didn't I didn't rage out. Good, rage out. Congrats on that. Yeah, I'm trying to.
2: Although How many
0: chilies uh, <laughs> incidents have you had to deflate at work? Well, mine are all wine incidents where they make stupid assumptions or they want they like, can I have a rose? It's like it's a rose. Oh no. And, What'd you say? And to they me? think I'm correcting them and trying to make them look stupid. Or do you have a peanut grege? Hmm. No, it's a it's a Pinot Grigio. And it's not about me correcting you because you're stupid. It's me correcting you so that we're that you know what you're talking about right. eventually one day. So that you
1: can actually get what you want yeah. instead
0: of saying weird made up code words.
1: <laughs> yeah, is
3: it or better? No. We or should
0: phonetically ask- sp- sounding out what the words are. People are, are that lucky is like, to have
3: you. Yeah. Would you rather be corrected or would you rather live like, go like through a life? dumb <laughs> fucking asshole I'm and then kidding. be
2: in a situation one day where you look like a fucking stupid idiot because yeah. like, the person and that you say the wrong thing to, in your
3: eyes,
1: is better than you. Oh, we are God. sending you out into the world equipped with knowledge. You don't have to thank us. I really, really loved talking about hooking up with coworkers, and we really only uh, got just the tip, you know what I'm saying? Into the tip of uh, the iceberg of that topic. So... <clears throat> Today I thought it would be really fun to now go further down the food chain and talk about dating your actual co waiters, Mm. Mm -mm. even a waitress. When you go, you know, it was it was the fucking mid two thousands. So I think it'd be fun to start off talking about happy stories that didn't go poorly. Sir, you know, dating another server. I
0: don't have any. No one has one. I have one. I mean,
3: I I met my ex-boyfriend i don't know if we knew each other in high school i think we knew of each other but we ended up working at the rib joint when i was 18 where oh. i was a cocktail waitress and oh then... ribs with the swinger owners yeah 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 sick um and we had the best time working together he was so funny um maybe he still is who knows <laughs> r.i.p uh we used to have so much fun though and we then worked at a few restaurants together, like as we, be, we became a couple and then we both quit that place and got hired at the place with the Parmesan wheel. I mentioned before, um, excuse oh,
1: wow. me, power couple. Okay. Keep getting
2: rehired together. Okay. We come as a team or not at all.
3: And he was a big charmer. <laughs> like he's a very charming dude. Very funny. Um, he was, I think he was a good server. I think he uh, still probably waits tables um, or he was. I think it says he's a realtor online anyway, um <laughs> there was nothing bad there until you know we moved in together and we were living in downtown Chicago, and I was taking three full class load or three you know three full days of classes, and then the other four days I was working, and I would work doubles most of those days. Oh. I was just like hammering it. I just wanted to live in the city and be cool and have money, <laughs> so I worked constantly. And he started going out without me. And uh, no, uh
1: for all our listeners, uh, nobody likes that. <laughs> nobody likes that.
3: Yeah, especially when he was doing drugs. I, I just want to remind everybody out there, uh, Brooke and I have never done cocaine. Still haven't. Um, that no. was his candy of choice. Yeah, it wasn't a good yeah. energy for like studying all the time or working all the time and then coming home to somebody who had a ring of cocaine around their nostril. Uh. Um, and we would get in these fucking banger fights where we would just be like screaming. And now I'm like, oh yeah, it was fueled by drugs um, from Columbia. But yeah, um, it ended in a fiery, fiery death. Um, we had lived together. We were not getting along. I started kind of hanging out with a guy I was waiting tables with. Yes, who now owns a very, very fancy restaurant in Chicago. Um, So he's he did it. But I came home one morning to our apartment, which I had not been staying in because we had been fighting. And it was like he wanted to stay together, but live in different places. And I was like, you can't go backwards from this because he was the one who pushed to move in together. Anyway, I came home and I tried to open the door and like the metal lock was, you know, the the chain was locked and I opened the door and you just smell that next day booze. Just come that, that nasty, that, that like boy mixed with, yeah, boy mixed with whiskey mixed with cigarettes and tons of cocaine, I'm sure. And it took him like five minutes to come to the door. And when he opened the door, he very casually just went and laid. Like our living room was to the left. Our bedroom was to the right. And I took two steps in. I look on the right and there's a woman in our bed.
0: And he no. just laid on
3: the couch. You and put said his... this was
0: a happy story. It was in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. I
3: came to find out from like the bars around our apartment where oh we live that gosh. he was... Trying to get laid every time he went out, he was making out with people in the bars. What? when we were fully together. Yeah, he was bad news bears. so I have a
2: my story of relationships is is like the opposite of Jocelyn's where it like starts shitty and it ends well. <laughs> where. So I learned really early on um, when I was like a naive like 19-year-old in Omaha, Nebraska, working at a place called Pastimes Bistro. They had live music on the weekends. And they had this band that played called Acoustic Groove <gasps> um, that did covers, like really good covers. Sounds like anyway, a
0: Spotify mood. There,
2: the, the bartender hierarchy there was like male aggression to a T. <laughs> um, and there was ponytailed bartender named Colin and like long ponytail, like slick back ponytail, <laughs> always just like a total dick, <laughs> like a
3: low pony, high pony. What do we? It was use? low. It was okay. low. It was very nineties.
2: Um, so one night there's like, he's like, Hey, I'm house sitting at this place. Like, and there's a hot tub in the basement. Cool. Cool. So I go like, not with the intention of like anything sexual happening. I was just like, let's get fucked up and party. I'm young. And, so go, and then it's just, like, me and him in the hot tub, and we fucking, also, like... you say
3: hot tub. I am there. Yeah. I right. was, like,
2: an indoor hot tub. Who am I? New experiences. I'm a young woman. Yeah. Um So I go, and it's, like, totally in the suburbs and like, a weird subdivision where this house is, and it's so weird that there's a fucking hot tub in the basement So, weird subdivision. It's just, like, a, a split-level house. If you guys know a split level, it's just like a weird suburb of Omaha. You wouldn't, there was nothing fancy where you would be like, it's not, wasn't a fancy neighborhood that had like an indoor hot tub or anything. It was just like a normal split level home. So we had you a
1: hot tub, but, but the, the offerings of where the hot tub was Yeah, it was in like a
2: weird, normal split level home basement hot tub. So it was, (laughs) it was anyway. So I'm in the hot tub hanging out and we like start making out or whatever. And then he like goes Down uh, on me, so when he he comes back, he's like very pleased with himself.
3: So wait, is this in the hot tub? This is in
2: the hot tub underwater, so he can hold his breath. He submerged. I was like up on the ledge. You know what I mean? Like he was in, I was kind. of, I had like a foot dipped in, and he goes to grab a beer. and he takes a swig and it turns out the beer he grabbed was wrong and it was the beer everybody had been throwing their shitty cigarette butts into Mm. all night long and he immediately pukes in the hot tub.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that was a cigarette can? No. And and at the time I I might have been like
2: we knew. Um, so that happens and then I'm like well that's weird I should go and then his other friend Ryan's there and they were kind of like you should stick around and like hang out with both of us and I was like um no but then the next time I was at work he I told everybody that like I fucked him and his friend which like even if I had like whatever fuck you like you don't don't go telling everybody about it you know And specifically word got around to like this one line cook named Wu who already like just said just the most disgusting things to me on the regular all the time about the things he'd want to do to me. Um, And when he found this bit of information out, things got really escalated and fucking out of control. And I was like, I, I feel like I was like pretty severely sexually harassed and like had to laugh it off. And I like, I don't ever remember. I remember saying things, but nothing, I'm not sure anything was ever done. Um, but God damn it, that guy fucking sucked. And like, luckily I like quit soon after, but like the happy ending. Yeah. I was like, I'm waiting. Is that like, I, I learned my lesson at like such an early age and then it just, then there was no trouble the rest of my like waiting tables career. And I would certainly have like really amazing relationships with, um, Men and like fucking work crushes. Waiting tables is like being in it's like the theaters. It's like it's like being a theater kid. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the equivalent where it's like you it's like behind these,
0: stage. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah, rowdy, obnoxious. Yeah, like it's like it's like and having just work crushes. It's like the dry humping, right? Of
3: like <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: status of yeah, but. Always never went, never ever went there again. Learned very, very young.
1: I just like to think that I learned how to have more control in the situation as I got older. When I was 19, everyone was like, fresh fish. And I'd never been in that situation where I was like, why is everyone circling around me and interested? Because I was so naive. To the world of older men, because this is my first time working in a situation with much older men than me 40, 30, even mid 20s. When you're 19, Mm. you don't realize how depraved it can get. Yeah. You'd only been messing around with like, you know, guys your age at that point. I I fully was 100% trying to have a relationship with someone who is 21 in a band. I was 19. He was a server and I was a hostess. So that was real scandal because the co-servers the, the female waitresses they hate you yeah. are you kidding me they hate you if you're a hostess and i now understand we're dumb little dipshits who seat them all incorrectly and then of course you know the boys come up and flirt with you for better seatings and you don't understand you're being worked you know but i did have uh, a relationship uh, a secret relationship if you will you know it wasn't my choice. I was his secret. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of those. And because I was like, but I love you. you. You look like Morrissey. You're so
3: goth. Like, Hey, if there's uh, everybody listening, if there's any reason um, that you're with somebody and they try to justify keeping your relationship secret, it's not good. It's not a good <laughs> and, thing. Uh, it's not cute and it's not fun because you're secret for a reason. And if you are 19 and hearing this for the first Aww. time, it's, it's tough. To
1: hear it, but maybe you can learn something right now. You can do better. You can do better. Learn. If if you were 19 in your early 20s, someone's keeping you secret, it's not a real thing. And turns out he had. a girlfriend who I will now refer to as Vampire Weekend Uh, because she was like a goth vampire. But only who, on the weekends? But yeah, maybe only on the weekends. Like when I did finally see her come around, like she would wear like patent leather corsets. Oh yeah. L- literal situation. I was a little bit like, whoa, I'm like a chubby Midwestern girl. I'm a little out of my league. But we connected so hardcore on music and like, like he couldn't believe I had musical knowledge because he was in a band. He's now in, he's in the Electric Six um which is funny i haven't connected with him in a long time but one of my favorite stories of dating a co-worker at that age is i was still living with my parents driving to this job during the summertime and they didn't trust me you know they were like wow this is a big deal you're kind of driving close to Detroit to go to this job. You come home, please. But they didn't know. We got to get, you know, go into the local bars because I'd walk in with the coworkers who were totally of age and they mm. just kind of put me in the middle of the pack and shuffle me into the bar with them. I was like, I'm not coming home, mom and dad. But I'd be borrowing like my mom's Jeep. So she'd be like, yes, you are coming home. So I stayed over one night with uh, fake Morrissey. Didn't say anything about it because, you know, you want to make something happen. I hadn't had an adult sleep over with someone at this point. And so I didn't call. I didn't come home. My mom waited maybe a total of two hours before filing a missing person (gasps) report. And my dad was a police officer. So then they branched out to the Royal Oak, Michigan Police Department, who then went and scanned the parking lot behind Memphis Smoke at Royal Oak, where I worked, saw that my mom's Jeep was parked there with no one in it so they fully took it as she was abducted abducted uh but i was staying somewhere in like ham with making out with a guy who absolutely had skid marks in his underwear i remember that very clearly <laughs> uh, <laughs> like come on boys learn how to wipe your ass uh, so i finally get on the phone and call my mom and that moment of her being like <gasps> like just so mad she's like you come home right No, and it's a 25-minute drive back of just dread and shame. And I walk in, and I shit you not, my mom had already busted out old VHS videos of me and was standing in front of the TV weeping and watching videos of me as though I had already passed. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that would have been a great first lesson, but I don't
0: learn. Easy. I... Started a relationship with my other manager, Colton Batts, who was also goth. He would wear black, uh, the same black suit every single day. And we thought he owned many black suits, but he only owned this black suit. Stinky black suit. He, He carried an odor with him that was... Everybody saw, Sexy. everybody smelled but me. He's yeah. like a head to toe apron. Yeah. Dirty work apron. Yeah. And one night we had started kind of, we were f- really flirting with the idea of dating. I don't know. And everybody had left the restaurant and the uh, kitchen was located downstairs. This was in New York. Oh, of course. And um, he was downstairs in the office where the kitchen was. And I was cleaning up upstairs and had finished and was trying to be sort of like sultry and like meet me meet me like at the top of the stairs and he was at the bottom I was at the top and I slipped and I fell down a flight of concrete stairs and then when I got to the bottom tripped um, because I tried to stand up and catch myself and fell into a vat of coleslaw Uh. like a large vat of coleslaw <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get out he, it was everywhere and uh, the coleslaw was Crainy. everywhere there was um we had to figure out. We, I had, I was covered in, I was covered in coleslaw, creamy, yeah, or Yankee, creamy or oily. It was, Ooh, it yeah. was. Can I can we, ask a question? Yeah, did you
1: seal the deal?
0: Did you, oh yeah, <laughs> but and not there, not at the restaurant, not in but, the vat of coleslaw. I mean, there were so many red flags. He didn't. Put any clothes away in a closet at his home. He just put them in trash bags and they surrounded his bare mattress on the floor.
2: Uh, <laughs> God, we're so forgiving about dirty boy mattresses when we're young.
0: Oh, oh so forgiving. He, it, he wrote a skateboard everywhere. So, kosla went everywhere. Um, we had to clean it up. We were there super late. And then he had to tell them the next day that it went bad. But apparently, there was footage. Of me falling in the coleslaw. Okay. I had to ride the train home and I was just covered in like white, dusty, <laughs> dried up coleslaw. It was It's
1: interesting how you say coleslaw. Is is it it's coleslaw.
0: Cole coleslaw. <laughs> I think she said coleslaw
2: before, but Co-sla. I think she said it Co-sla. so many times. I know Co-sla. Co-sla,
0: she's just whatever
2: she wants. She had to dive first she face to, into yeah, it. And, yeah, and I I also, also
0: like I, you know, I I really banged my Body up as I bet. well.
2: Well, good it, thing you let into that soft
0: vat of coleslaw. <laughs> soft landing. I mean, it sounds like a National Lampoon. Oh yeah, it works like at a, a restaurant. Show. Yeah. Girl,
1: you can make money on the internet doing this. Oh yeah, <laughs> falling into vats of coleslaw. Into coleslaw. The amount of
0: things that I fell into working in a restaurant. In that, My words.
1: The thing though that makes it so fun and why you don't learn your lesson is there is that little spring in your step when you are into someone and you're going to this job and it might be a tough job. It's the only thing that gets you through is someone like pulling you into the bathroom to make out real quick Mm. or the walk-in make out real quick where you have little codes like, Oh, I need some more ketchup. Can you help me get some (laughs) more ketchup? It didn't happen to me. I didn't do it. Well, I I feel like before there was online dating, bars and restaurants were kind of your version of real life Tinder. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) You know, because I remember I'd get a new job and either everyone would be sizing you up because everyone's Mm -hmm. banged everyone else already. And so they're like, all right, like, new girl. Or I, too, like, I was a heat-seeking missile. You go in, you quickly try and get the dirt. Like, all right, who's sleeping with one another? I need mm. to know so I'm not stepping on any toes, you know? And then people would lie anyways because they weren't being open about who they were really dating. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you go in, you're like, this is like singles. I'm single and ready to mingle mm-hmm. up, in this, up in this restaurant, bitches. I only acted professionally at my... Two last jobs in New York as a waitress because a at the vegan place everyone was, was a vegan. vegan. <laughs> and I don't I ain't dating that noise, you know. Or they were all like aspiring actors, which is also like no thanks. Because mm-hmm. I'd never been around aspiring actors before until New York. We're the worst. Right. And then James, when I worked there, I just genuinely Really enjoyed all of my coworkers. Everyone was either and I dated them instead. Kyle dated them instead. (laughs) I just went after a chef in the back for a little bit. He was a little bit intense. I really got a crush on him, though. He would bring his own vat of duck fat in a bucket and wheel it in on a skateboard to make. I was just like, wow, this guy is dedicated to cooking. (laughs) And uh, it turns out he—I think he had definitely gotten out of prison. Not too much. You know, uh, yeah. you they prison, don't really not hold that, that long against ago. you in the kitchen. No, they sure don't. And I think I finally worked my way into, cause he was so intense and I was like, no, come on. I'm fun. I always go after the mess. You know what I'm saying? The one that you shouldn't. There were all these very, very nice guys at that restaurant. I was like, I've got my sights <laughs> set on freshly out of prison cook. And yeah. thank God that didn't go anywhere. Cause he had a girlfriend and, and that put the kibosh on that. But. I ended on it.
3: Good By his now.
2: girlfriend,
1: you mean the duck
2: fat bin? They put the a duck wig fat on it bin. At night and <laughs> lipstick on
3: bed. <laughs> ah. Uh,
1: so how are we all? How are we all weathering our seasonal depression right now? We doing okay?
4: You know, I have moments <laughs> of uh, of. Um... Sanity and clarity. And then Uh I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill. I will take blood (laughs) on the freeway. I did break out the Phillips Hue light, you know, the like depression light, the sad lamp. The sad lamp. Yep. I was going to give it away when we moved. No, and I didn't. And ours even has my mom really stepped up for the Christmas gift and got me the kind with the travel case because the bitch knew. Ooh. And thank God because I wrapped it in its travel case, thought it was headphones, and didn't discard it when we moved. Yes, and I just busted it out again. It's almost harder sometimes it, it, I here. Have just, <laughs> just been builded.
2: distracting myself with healthy living.
4: Good. Yeah, Good I've girl. been like indulging, counting points, and going to the gym. There you go. It's paying off.
1: Hell yeah! I'm, it's I'm something all you for control,
4: it. and I'm- you feel. In control, I which do. usually
1: said is making you feel like you're not. There we go. Well, that is, I mean, wiser words from today's guest, um, <laughs> our very good friend, who she's currently appearing in. Oh, so many commercials. Aww. She's a writing wizardress, a sorceress. Sorry, a wizardress. What that works. F- I'll take a it. Wizard dress. I'll take all of it. But most importantly, uh, she. She dons the apron. She donned <laughs> her apron and she put in her time. Please welcome to SideWork Podcast, Brandi Barber. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
2: First Shh. of all, I'd like to. Say, I just want to say, Brandi, you're so soft-spoken and have, have such a lovely speaking voice. I feel like this is a very NPR type oh, interview. Yes. Very Terry
4: Gross. <laughs> very Terry. Oh. Very, very we, Terry. <laughs> Terry. That's such a good fan page name. Wait, can someone start that? podcast? I think we have very. We have it. Just just pay me. That's
1: all. <laughs> oh my god, no Brady, you just have to take it over. Cause you could do cause I do you listen to a lot of podcasts yourself? I
4: do. I'm
1: a bit of a junkie and I we love criminal and Phoebe. Oh, yeah. I mean Phoebe Judge. She's always like, let's what should we give some? Hi. Please. I'm Phoebe. Okay, I think mine's pretty Hi. It's Phoebe oh yeah That's really good
4: <laughs> <laughs> what you can't see is both of these ladies had a very particular jaw set that they utilized while delivering those intonations you
1: really have to relax the whole face yes. you yes. have to relax your persona mm-hmm. the whole thing and just trust
2: honestly I would be heavy if we just sat here for 30 uh-huh. minutes and just kept saying that back and forth to each other uh-huh. I'd be tickled <laughs> Didn't they talk about like getting rid of seasonal depression
1: yeah, yeah Thank you. it was the first laugh I had today and and it's well after four. So Brandy, you are originally from San Diego area. Mm-hmm, North you are, County. North County. You are a SoCal gal. Yeah, that's sure. What you're saying, right? Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Some of us do. <laughs> Some of us. Yeah, that's not I'm gonna roast you on there, that. Yeah, you should. Look. You should.
1: I was like, that's what us Michigan folk call SoCal people. Uh you know, but so you love your your 311 and your sublime. Oh, totally. That's just completely where your vans. Yes. That's, that's I, all be I, need to... I be jamming.
4: I be jamming is what <laughs> the kids I heard they said one time <laughs> at a journeys with a Z.
1: But in the mall. It's a little blood sugar sex magic. Oh, sure. Oh, with a yeah. K. With a K.
4: With a K. Because mm-hmm.
1: well, that's the kind of magic that's the dark magic with oh, a K.
4: Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, man. Also, two the two dark magic is, is, dark. is the weave on his head that he had on at the fucking Grammy <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> but fyi he's he took the the weave right after volta's head and put it on his and marched out there oh anthony <laughs> oh dear, you're almost what? 60 that that bowl cut is not fooling he anyone he didn't fail prince he looked like prince valiant i'm sorry it's off topic just no no nope, that's sharing what we thoughts.
1: do so i'm curious uh because we didn't get to know each other till about mid-2000s in new york and andrea met you through me probably not too long after that. Yeah, like yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Lady friendship uniting. I want to hear a little bit about your service industry origins and totally. if you started here in uh,
4: SoCal. In the socal In the mm. socal The 619, as we call San Diego. Uh, so let's see. How did I get started? Well, first of all, I, w- I was thinking about this today. I was actually terrified to ever apply for waitressing jobs because, and this is, I think you'll understand if you were to see me as a teenager and where I grew up, which is basically on the set of Baywatch. um, I was like surrounded by these really beautiful beach meant people, you know, they were really meant for the beach and I am not, I am whiter than the whitest white and um, tanning is a foreign concept to me. Um, I basically was born with skin cancer. So everybody seemed to be like, Perfectly, like had perfect like budding breasts and rounded buttocks and was glistening, and I was like sizzling, burning (laughs) nightmare. And I was also goth, so like one time my parents tried to make me go to the beach, and I was beach goth, uh, beach goth, beach goth.
1: I was gonna say, do you do you enjoy going to that new
4: festival during the summertime (laughs) called Beach (laughs) Goth? It's premium tickets, premium tickets. I heard it's like a huge festival. Just like sit in a bed of sunscreen, like yeah, and yeah, the stage and (laughs) pout and talk about how your parents and the capitalists are evil. So uh let's see i was i was very much an outsider in that sense and it just seemed to me for the same reason i was afraid to move to la and instead opted to move to new york for performing i was like i won't i'm not meant for this i really and you know this is before character and eccentric and quirky all the things i hear daily when i'm sent breakdowns which means good right yeah um means sexy lady uh all of those things were not what i was i was like or where what I was. And that's not what I was seeing on the screen. Sure. And it's certainly not what I thought when I would go to like Chili's and there was like these busty buxom ladies, I would go with my parents. I was like, there's no way I was too afraid to apply for a job. Cause I was like, I'm not pretty and you have to be pretty to be a waitress. And, um, I was actually terrified. Isn't that hysterical? I, where did I? I don't know where I got that. Well, there's a
1: mystique about it too. Like there maybe is. it's it's like I'm pretty and I'm also serving up a side of sass. Yeah. And I was like, there's great power and responsibility in bringing people food.
4: Yes, there you're in. It's a power relationship, and I was the person that didn't want to play sports in high school or junior high because I hate being yelled at. So. Of course I didn't. I mean, I don't think I knew how much yelling I would be have having directed towards me as a waiter had I known I would never have pursued. I did work at a really Tony, she, she, like the pinnacle of pinnacles of fancy fine dining right before I moved from New York, which enabled me to move here on based on what I earned alone, not even counting my husband's salary yeah. at the time. Nice. So I went from being like working at a place where it was basically like, can I have a job? Yes. You like that was it to being a captain at like a restaurant that had three month out bookings and they would turn away celebrities regularly. Wow! And
2: in the training process, there was probably pretty. Was it intense? There was a lot
4: of crying. There was a lot of crying. They made me cry for I think entertainment. Um, (laughs) I watched them make someone cry every day at staff meeting. They fired people constantly for like not knowing the answers to questions that were just made up about the menu that didn't even exist. It was it was like. I think doing live comedy where it was like you were being heckled constantly and how you cho- each moment, how you locked eyes with that heckler and were like, this is how I'm going to deal with you. If you didn't make the right choice, no one was going to be with you. Same thing. Like if you didn't answer in a way that was flip or cute or made the chef laugh, just pack your apron and oh, leave. No. So
1: it was a chef who was doling this shit out. So chef you-
4: and the chef and the GM. Yeah. I can't. Cruel. It was even. Cruel. They just like fed each
2: other's fucking Bullshit! Into oh, it was just a bunch and... of butt
4: sniffing. I mean, I liked a lot of those people. I did, but the way they treated some of the employees, I was just like, good God, we're not doing... Uh, neurosurgery. Well, We're serving the rich and yeah. famous spoiled inbreeds of New York a, a, a roasted chicken. Everyone sit the fuck down. But of course, I wouldn't say that out loud because they would make me cry and take my apron and I wouldn't make, you know, a thousand bucks a night. Yeah.
1: I'm a little interested just because we haven't had anyone on the show yet, like
4: really delve into a little bit of fine dining. Well, let me tell you this. I was picked for a specific reason. And I remember one of the people that hired me said to me, I I was very nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I know what place setting should be. And I I happen to know this because I have a naval officer father. It's the only reason I know. And um, I happen to know that like when you're at formal dining, you have to do this because of events that we had to go to. Um, And some like charity stuff that my mom did. I know it doesn't mean I observe it. I do as I please. I pick up whatever (laughs) fork I want, but I'm aware. But I've never had to lay it out for another guest or anything like that. And I also... I just didn't know all these nuances. And there are a lot of nuances with fine dining. It's so much about the performance, the theatricality. You guys can't see me, but I'm like moving my arm in a certain way that is (laughs) slightly (laughs) scary, but also sort of showing the sweepingness of what the act is of serving people. And so I said this to the guy that hired me, and he was like, don't worry about it. What you have, we can't teach. And I was like, awesome. If only that could be a job. (laughs) I literally... (laughs) Could like, like level up to that salary and that type of respect my entire life. We're working on it. So he was really kind to me and sort of took me under his wing and showed me what was up. And a lot of it is it's just people are not just paying for the food. They're paying for the performative element and aspect. They're paying for the space, for the aesthetic. They're paying to be seen, yep. eating and enjoying. They're paying to see others eating and enjoying. It's very museum-like in that sense, if you're someone who enjoys going to see and look at and uh, take in art. And so it's funny because I never saw myself in that role either. I didn't think I had what it took. Once again, imposter syndrome, exactly as you said. I was like, I'm not a captain. I'm not a captain at a, at a French restaurant, And here I was in this like apron that cost more than the shoes I had on and um, that had to be like signed out to me. And like these like I I mean, it's it's insane to talk about it. Like they issued us a uniform where we had two shirts that were hand designed for our staff by um, uh, Brooks Brothers uh, company called Black Fleece. I think Uh, it was called. So we had to go and get them made. I mean, it was more expensive than wow. any shirt I owned at the at the time. Everything I had was from Old Navy. Had still have, and um <laughs> and like my jeans were paid for by the company. The jeans were more expensive than any pair of jeans I had ever bought myself. They issued us these sneakers that were dead stock, um, Nikes that were you know, if you were to buy them off the internet now, I still have them because they were given to me as a gift when I moved, um, three or $400 and I wore them on the floor and we had to check them out every night and sign. And when they wore out, they would buy us new ones. So my, the investment spent on me coming in was close to two or $3,000. And I was one server in like a pool of 20 of us. It was all performative. They were coming to have you not just put food on their table, but take them on a journey right? with the way you talked about the food and the way you described the food and the way you... Um... Well, Brandy, I'm already mesmerized. Well, Just
1: listening to you talk probably. is already... That's why I think you're great at the job. That was definitely your swan song, of New York. Last
4: time I served, it was it was it was so much a swan song. And Stephanie uh, Danler's book, Sweet Bitter, had just come out, and I was reading it while I was working there. And while hers was sort of a semi autobiographical account and had a lot to do with this sort of love triangle, and it's a lovely book. Mm -hmm. If anybody hasn't read it, I was thinking about it the entire time you were describing your job. Actually, it really felt like there were many elements of her sort of indoctrination into fine dining, um, how she sort of tumbled into the job. And I really felt a lot of that similarity. It was very much Alice through the looking glass. Like here I was this Smith street, you know, early Brooklyn, two thousands ding dong that was serving like ironic curly fries. And all of a sudden I'm serving like white truffles that cost like a hundred dollars for just the first ounce, you know, and uh, it was, uh, it was actually lovely. I don't miss it. I was exhausted. The shifts were not – it wasn't like normal restaurant shifts. You came in two hours early and did so oh, much details. side work. So much detailing. Folding and this and that and the other. And um, family meal, it was um, – for such a lovely restaurant, not exceptional. I was going to say – I was like, okay, so the family meal where I
1: worked, and it sucked. This is probably what – you because know, we, we served um, – a chicken thigh and breast as mm-hmm. our, you know, one of the mains. So every meal would be it's all the chicken. drumsticks. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'll and so it, it would just be like, oh, we might have some nice herbs and whatever, and it'd be a side salad and drumsticks. I actually got real skinny on that job because yeah. on they, the Atkins were, diet. They, yeah, I was like forced on an Atkins diet, and then you run <laughs> your ass off for a whole shift, you Did know. Did they charge you?
4: Mm, you know we what? got charged, which I was so angry about. I I could, mail? Yeah. We it got taken out of our check. Isn't that dreadful? And a lot of places do that. They do. I think if I go back and look, it wasn't an
1: exorbitant amount, but
4: yeah, it was like four bucks, mm-hmm. but I n- nearly, I'd say 80% of the time didn't eat anything but you're because it was charged. about to be spoiled salads. You know, I don't care if it's handpicked mescaline greens from like a fancy schmance place. It's still not, I wouldn't eat it regardless. And like, On Sundays, this was the worst because we'd just been through the huge push of the weekend. They would actually serve, you're going to laugh, Brooke, hot dogs and curly fries. They would go serve us frozen, like Cisco. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They would like put a tray out and I was like, I like this bitch like a hot dog. Not that day. I'm not going to eat a hot dog before I have to wait an eight hour shift and we were on Eight hours. Like I'm gonna eat it after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's and like a lot of gin. Yeah, right. <laughs> after I have a few gin.
2: cocktails, I'm gonna eat two hot dogs, and I stare well.
4: Exactly. I'm gonna go to what was it called? Criff dogs and jam <sighs> something deep fried in my face. Yeah, it was. It was wonderful. It was definitely a swan song. I was like, this is gonna be my passport out of this town. And I couldn't have hoped for something better.
1: That's so cool because I, I do look at that as you were making bank. Clearly, yeah. you were doing great financially. And I feel like you with all of us uh, you know, who do waitressing while we're working on other things, mm-hmm. there's also something really nice to have the job where you're like, I'm not just being um, a shitty run-of-the-mill waiter anymore while I'm angry that my other career isn't working out. I went through a nice little phase where I was – becoming responsible and cared and tuned into the job and being a good waitress and also succeeding like with writing and comedy Mm -hmm. that was like a lovely crossroad to sort of be like is this what being an adult is like leaving on good terms with a skill set not getting shit canned exactly what's (laughs) What's that like so speaking of um prior to am i allowed to say we can yeah, leave you it can out. say it. Okay. Prior to you having a really lovely
4: experience, <laughs> New
1: York exit. At I mean, they um, gave me a sta- they gave me like a standing ovation. What? Aww. It was so lovely.
4: Damn.
1: I mean, I didn't really get one. Lovely of, people. Get one of those because yeah. I I petered down to just keeping my brunch shift, and then that's so everyone was like, "Where's Brooke?" Anyways, because <laughs> I was she still work here? Because I was always like on this Saturday brunch shift, and I saw none of my old coworkers anymore. But um prior to things being really fancy I don't know Andrea did you ever get to visit us at Trout Pacifico I don't think so gravy no I know Joss did
4: Joss was like
2: the compound of all the different places right Yeah. I don't
4: know how else the to compound, describe you're it. You're so right. It was a creepy hipster compound full of ding dongs. <laughs> yep. So many, so many Brooklyn ding dongs. Well, I kind of yeah. It, it, it was like a hipster romper room with restaurants <laughs> on every side of it. In quote restaurant in
1: quotes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, and I know you ended up moving over there because you worked at the little place called Schnack, which was the same owner. His name was Jimmy, right?
4: Yeah. He was one of the partners along. He was uh, he had his hands and still does, by the way. I heard they got into a lot of trouble. Yeah, somehow he manages to keep getting out of it. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's a whole thing. A lot of cash cash problems. They were cooking the books, cash only. There Um, were some I won't yeah, I don't want to get murdered, but there were some (laughs) dealings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to back up real quick and
1: describe. So the front diner was called gravy. Then if you walked
4: to the right, there was a takeout pizza shop. Which changed a, many times into different things, but yes, it was a pizza place with a very expensive, malused pizza oven. It was it so weird. Sense. But mm-hmm. then
1: you could walk through that and almost mm-hmm. cut through a, a gross little hallway by the bathrooms. Then you could go out the side and be in the outdoor bar called Trout. Mm-hmm. And then if you just cut through the kitchen, which customers weren't allowed to, you'd end up in the kitchen of Pacifico, which
4: was the Mexican restaurant, which was the that premier was... place in Brooklyn. When I first moved, there were like oh, lines out the door. Love that place. It was like hopping. And by the time. Well, I quit right before they closed uh, with no notice a day before Christmas and bounced everyone's checks. But, yes, it went down that road. Yeah, it was bad. Okay, so
1: I was working lunches at gravy, uh, also probably a solid 50 pounds heavier from a diet of 19 margaritas and baskets of uh, fried calamari every day. We Looked were like I drinking. was going to pop.
4: Yep. We were all drinking.
1: And a salt bloat. My face was so shiny because my skin was just stretched to the limit. Um, it's all right. It was a really, really you, fun time. You're beautiful. Oh, you're, you're
4: very sweet. and It's cute. I would ride I'm my- actually not. And I love you. And you were very pretty always. But you're 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 sweet. But anyways, (laughs) felt like garbage on the inside. As did we all, my friend.
1: As did we all. So the money was pretty bad at gravy. Like it was okay. (laughs) I I was subsisting off other jobs to make ends meet. But then when the summer really started raring, they opened up Trout. I yes. got dibs on some trout shifts. Yes.
4: And that and was a money maker. That
1: was an outdoor bar till 4 a.m. Oh my God. And we made
4: money. And it was also at that time cash only. So we walked with cash. We had so much cash. Rolling in it. Yep. And I had gotten shit canned unfairly from, probably fairly. That was where I used to sleep under my desk at an ad agency. <laughs> Um, not at night during the day, just so we're clear. <laughs> I had a home. Um, I would just be drunk and I had to take a nap and everyone was like being loud it. and I was like, Shannon.
3: And quiet. I would go
4: under my desk and then put my chair in front of me as if people walking by couldn't, couldn't see, see me. <laughs> One time my boss came and like I had a snack door, of course, because I'm a human. Like- and my boss came and was like digging through my snack door, and I literally watched him be like, Look at me, and then he just went, Oh, Brandy, and closed it and just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, that was a whole other thing. So I got fired, and so I had unemployment. This was many years ago, and it was in the early two thousands. <laughs> and then I paid my debt to society because I got caught for misbehaving. So, anyway, I had youth cash around. You, you know youth know what is real? I mean? You is real? Growing up. Uh, oh boy. So yeah, lots of cash.
1: So much cash. Too
4: much cash. Um. Well, this wait, was when you had the the. This is my favorite Brookie story, by the way. I was so enamored with Brooke, I thought she was just the coolest. I couldn't believe she wanted to be friends with me. I still can't sometimes. And um, we're gonna make out, and she. I remember her telling me that she kept all of her money in a shoebox under her bed. Oh, <laughs> I was yep. like, why don't you have a bank account? Even I have a bank account. She was She's like, like, ah, fuck it.
1: I was like, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> allowed to. <laughs> why? Because- oh, dear. It's another... <laughs> so, so- it's a long... Okay. S- it's like I had... <laughs> the the divorce I went through was not going so great I had bounced I had overdrafted every account in Chicago so I went to all check cashing places yeah if I ever got paid with a check and then when I got paid in cash all my money just stayed in a box under my bed
4: whoops so this had happened when I was at Pacifico Very crowded restaurant, not a lot of space to move in. That's the phenomenon of the Brooklyn real estate restaurant where they, what, there's an open broom closet on Smith street. Let's open it up. It's a new, uh, new American, new age. Let's call it, um, turnip. Let's let's call it standing room. Yeah. Standing room only wink, wink. And it's only open on certain, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, there's not a lot of room to move around and when a restaurant's crowded like that, you have to really maximize your space. And I'm not small. I never have been. I'm ten, and, um, I have long limbs (laughs) and so I'm trying to like navigate between these tables and figure it all out. And I have an apron tied around my waist, as many of us do to hold, you know, checks and pens and shit. And a very drunk ding dong who was part of, I would say the new wave of, um, I I refer to them as sorority trash that found out that Brooklyn was cool. Mm -hmm. What year would you put on it, Brookie? Would you say 2010? They all figured out how the train worked and were like, (laughs) Brooklyn's neat. I love it here. It's art.
1: (laughs) They were coming, yeah, maybe even as far as Hoboken.
4: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they would come and get a picture of margaritas and, uh, you know, just really act out their, like, music video from like a black eyed peas routine they learned at crunch onto me (laughs) i'm just trying to pay my rent bitch i'm just trying to pay my rent and get new headshots so um i'm gonna call her she was blonde i'm gonna call her jennifer m Ooh, i wasn't i didn't think this
1: was gonna be a lady touching you story yeah okay jennifer
4: m was like she's she's the cool one you guys like she's like super bold and she's not afraid and she's like funny and the waitress the big dumb fat waitress was like trying to talk to this other table you guys what's really really funny is to pull her apron string really slow and when she turns around um act like you didn't do it so this fucking bitch reaches her little manicured claw out and starts trying to pull my apron string and i feel it and i'm like no and I, and the, really my first thought is no, <laughs> no, this isn't happening. Cause if it is, it's going to end bad. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I have rent due. I, this is not the night I'm going to get fired over this, but I will, if she keeps it up and I put it on my mind, I feel it again. And I hear sniggering and, t- you know, tittering from her and the bros that are in like, you know, I don't know, those zip up fleece garbage people anyway polo shirt trash so I I'm like I hear it I'm ignoring it I'm ignoring it because I got to get this order in because we're so slammed and I have five million other things I got to do I got to pick up hot sauce bring this someone wants a sour cream that margarita wasn't supposed to have salt that one was supposed to be this doing 17 things in my head and all I can hear is this horrible bitch going (laughs) and I can feel it and my apron is it's sliding down Ugh. and I'm taking an order and they think it's so funny. And I have my, my, and I remember I, I got my order written. I snatched the apron at the exact moment. I said, thank you to the people politely turned around and I grabbed her hand. I caught her before she could pull it back. Um, and I really hard dug my nails into it and leaned down to her face and said, knock it the fuck off or I'm kicking you out myself. And then I let go and I went, okay. And smiled silence. Just total terror, silence, because she thought she was so funny. So then they call the manager, who's our friend Daniel. Oh,
1: come on, wow! I and love he goes, that
4: story. he goes over and goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and listens to this whole tale that they've concocted, where it, it's me um, just being mean to them, of and course. also all of a sudden my service is really terrible, even though it, it wasn't. I know when my service was terrible, it wasn't. So Daniel listens. He's oh, he's really interested in the story. And then he goes, "Can I ask a question?" Were you the one that I saw pulling her, like literally pulling the string of her apron? Did you, what, did you need something? And then they look uncomfortable and they're like, well, but I was, we were just, and he's like, oh, so you were touching someone. You were, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for letting me know and walks away. Nothing. That's, that was it. They (sighs) didn't leave me a tip. I really didn't give a shit. Dude. I would have been
2: like, "Um, bye, gotta go. I mean,
4: I really was hoping I would run to them later. On the block, so I could beat the living shit out of her physically myself. Fucking crazy. But it didn't happen, so (laughs) whatever.
1: Live and yeah. learn. She lived. She lived another day. Yeah, unfortunately, she, she could be
4: dead. She oh, Jennifer couldn't. M. Oh, Jennifer Not M. Not a day goes Are by that so I don't us? think of her. Ooh, that could be a great
1: cold open for the episode.
4: <laughs> uh, maybe she was. Maybe
2: you ever know if you're ever wearing an apron and you feel it goes tugging on your strings, you might know that Jennifer M's no longer with us and she's haunting <laughs> you.
4: My dreams have come true. She's <laughs> dead. <laughs> she <laughs> drank
1: bleach. <laughs> 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 that, that story really tugged at my apron strings. You know, I know they, hello. <laughs>
4: Here's a tip that is no longer applicable in the state of California in 2019, but it used to be my go-to and my showstopper. And it was when I worked at restaurants that served pop, as Brooke was calling it, Um, I would always make sure I had no less and no more than five wrapped straws in my apron at any given time. Because inevitably, if you try to bring them over with the drink, something will happen. Someone will lose it. It will fall. There will be shrieking and shrilling always have like a straw ready to whip out as the person's asking what my favorite to be like almost like shut up like getting to jam it at them so that was my tip and no longer relevant in today's straws are just
2: paper here you can have paper straws you know in what? your apron I'm i sure. guess that's
4: true yeah
1: it seems like our, our little growing listener base is definitely all over the country so they haven't banned straws yet there you go
4: so enjoy it hey turtle killers here's my tip <laughs> <laughs>
3: got here's a tip all right if you're apartment hunting which i just dipped my toe in just to take a look if you see an ad on craigslist that's too good to be true <laughs> it, is. it is and you will get a very lengthy email from somebody who says they're going on a mission yep and you know they would sell the house but they didn't have time mhm so you should just swing by send them some more information about yourself and um Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, yeah. There's no world where you find a one-bedroom apartment in Silver Lake for $1,200. It just isn't, folks. Too good to be true? It It sure is. is.
1: Here's a tip, since I may be doing some Airbnb renting in the back again very soon, sooner than I may be emotionally ready for If you personally uh, live by yourself and do a little Airbnb, whether you're renting a room or something else in your vicinity and you are a lone lady, you make your profile say Brooke and Jeff or Brooke and Steve or Brooke and Killmonger. You know, you make your... Significant other, who's definitely not real, uh, sound big and mean and nasty, and you change all the language to "wee wee 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 wee." I love it. And you put up now photos. Now
0: everybody knows. That's, that's a that's a good idea, though.
1: It's a great idea. Here's a tip:
0: wearing
2: cute little sneakers without socks sometimes becomes a little a little stinky, and you want to wear little socks with them. I just specifically as an experiment, which turns out it worked right, um, got. Short, short, like short workout socks, but I got them like two sizes too small. So they kind of just hug the bottom of your foot. And now like they're great little like socks that you don't really see when you wear those cute little Sneakers. Kyle, why are you laughing so much at my tip? Because you can just buy no show socks. Yeah, but I don't want to fucking do that. And I didn't have the, and then this way I can still wear them. I'm multitasking. And I guess somewhere with sneakers. But this is my
0: tip to give. <laughs> Some people might find this tip highly, highly useful. Here's a tip. If you like to listen to music before you go to bed at night, they're on your um if you have an iPhone on the uh, time app, or it's the clock app, if you go into timer, you can set an amount of time, and then it'll and when timer ends, you um uh, you set it to uh, stop playing, and the music will stop playing. If you do that, and I like to listen to murdery shit, yeah. you don't need to be listening to that sub- need subconsciously REM all cycle. fucking night yeah. long
1: because then you have bad, bad dreams. Wow, guys. Thanks for listening.
3: Wow. Wow guys. Until next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, if you'd be so kind, please what do we do? Follow and subscribe Sub- and subscribe, rate and review. Uh subscribe, rate and review. Jocelyn
1: doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs>